podcast i'm greg i'm jordan and i watched this episode like more than a week ago i'm kendall <laughs> and this week we are reviewing the final episode of war for cybertron earthrise episode six quite a way to end this series <laughs> i've been waiting six long weeks to talk about this episode <laughs> and the final scene because i had i had feelings in that final scene <laughs> Uh so Kendall, you had something instead of trivia that you wanted yeah. to talk about. Yeah, so I got two Transformers in the mail this week that I I it wasn't a it wasn't like the Hasbro didn't send them to it was the ones that I pre ordered. So that I got would be Black really Arachnia. nice if they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got Black Arachnia and I got Optimus Primal. So first thing that I learned from Black Arachnia is that the goddamn instructions are fucking useless in the <laughs> for these things. I spent 45 minutes trying to get Black Arachnia into beast mode. Then my wife spent another half an hour. Still no luck. And uh, so then I... But then I watched three YouTube videos. I had to watch three YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> and finally got... Uh, and finally got it sorted out. Because uh, the two issues were... The instructions, the way that the legs were supposed to go, like mm -hmm. I was, it wasn't clear, but like all of the joints on these, on both on Optimus and Black Arachnia are so tight. Oh God. Yeah. That you can't tell if it's supposed to. And also because like, and I mean, this is like to their credit because you can't tell if a thing is supposed to fold out versus if it, if it's, if that's just, you know, the way that the toy was built, mm -hmm. um, so if something doesn't move, like you don't know if a thing is supposed to move or not, and you got to put a lot of pressure on it. So that's mm -hmm. why the YouTube videos helped because they were like, no, actually her breastplate is supposed to move because black arachnia's breastplate has to go like up underneath the butt of the spider. Mm -hmm. And like, I put a reasonable amount of, 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 uh, strength into it, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't budging and then like the that's where the third youtube video was like yeah there's it's very very tight i did not think that it was supposed to move but trust me it is supposed to move and then uh and the same thing happened with uh with optimus primal with the joint in order to swap the head yeah exactly yep same like, with me like i had to 
like, like once once they told me that I was pretty sure from the instructions on that that that's what I needed to do, but I needed to see somebody do it because otherwise I was gonna rip the thing in half. Yeah, I was worried that I was gonna like try and bend it at a point that it wasn't supposed to or something. Right, right. Because like I was putting a fair amount of torque into it, like not it not like max or anything, um, but it was getting to a point where it wasn't feeling comfortable for me to try and go uh-huh. further with it. And I was re- like, if that was a kid trying to transform it, wouldn't have surprised me if a kid like overdid it and, and went up snapping it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Or, or something. Yeah. Or something. But uh, I, I will say, I will say that the, uh, the robot forms look excellent and the mm-hmm. beast modes uh, also look really good. Um, they're, they're super on model for what my, you know, mental picture of the characters should be. Yep. Um, and they don't have a bunch of like shooty missiles and pieces that are going to disappear, which is yeah. kind of nice. Um, that was a nice thing sort of with, with Optimus's um, shoulder cannons. There were no missiles. The only thing that I'm sad about is there, there doesn't appear to be any sort of jet pack or boosters. So yeah, I don't know if he's going to fly. Yeah, yeah, there's no jetpack. Um my issue with Optimus was that the original toy seemed like it was more fully featured than this one. Like this seems like a scaled down version of Optimus. The, yeah. yeah, the little he's got some little cannons, he's got his wrist cannons, but mm-hmm. like not as many not as many bells and whistles as the original one. He's not as big uh physically yeah. as the original one. Um Cause that original, that original, that original Optimus Primal toy is like one of my, is, is, you know, is probably like my favorite, one of my favorite figures ever. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool figure. Um, and then also the other issue that I have is that he just barely can store his sword. Like, yes. Like they don't go inside of him. I turned on video and I'm pointing towards the top, my top shelf where my Optimus is at. <laughs> but it's it's but it's uh it's still pretty it's still pretty good um i'm i'm still i'm still very happy that i got him um i wasn't expecting to get him today because amazon said that it was going to be delivered on february 22nd which doesn't make oh, any wow. sense uh but they probably just like picked a random day it also said that he shipped on january 15th which didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> that was that was a really weird thing because so, everything I had read was saying that it was going to be released February first, uh, and then like what was it two weeks ago? Yeah, that I had mine, and it was my son saw it in a Walmart and picked it up for me. So, yeah, I the sense that I got that I've gotten from what what I've seen is these release dates are. Kind of, uh, yeah. I will say I will say that I think. I mean, I'm sure that Black Arachnia, I got, I got her on on February 1st, and I got her from through Amazon proper, so I'm sure that she released on February 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when well, Rat Trap. I got Rat Trap earlier, but I don't know what what the deal with that was. Uh, but then Optimus, I I would suspect that this third party merchant mailed it out on February 1st, and that's why I got him today because it's the mm-hmm. third, and it was. Coming that would make sense, but they're, but it's cool. And it's also just really cool that there's beast wars figures. Yes. Um, and now we're forever. just, we're just waiting for one more to release so we can 
find out whether or not it is it can happen. <laughs> yeah. Kendall, Kendall, did you look at that uh, tweet I shared in the chat? Uh, no. Where's, where's uh, the Lady chat? Lady K. Hirsch uh, tweeted tweeted this this amusing tweet uh, from uh, I forget the name of the of the account, but they they tweet a lot of stuff about uh, Transformers and stuff like that, and just. <laughs> Like how you've mentioned before, how the fossil robot. Uh, oh yeah, Grimlock. Uh, no, the the the, the pe- paleo tricks. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but Grimlockimus is the one who, oh, who posted yes. it. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's the name. Thank you. Yeah. And just just the idea that like they're going to be the runaway hit of the of the everything and mm-hmm. and and spawn their own miniseries just had me laughing. <laughs> Well, I I was at Walmart the other day, and I actually almost because I did find on on the first I found an Optimus Primal at Walmart. I couldn't huh. get a price check on him. I couldn't. They didn't have the little scanner thing anywhere, and I knew that I had one in the mail, and it said it was already shipped on the fifteenth of January for some. Um, so I couldn't just like cancel the Amazon order. So I didn't. I didn't end up picking <laughs> him up. But they had a Paleotrix. That figure doesn't look good in person. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the downsides to to it. Like, I mean, I love the idea and the concept, but I think there's some like just aesthetic features problems with it. With it, yeah, he, I don't yeah, know. he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. His design doesn't he's, do it for me. Like, it could be. Yeah, it very well could be that he's gonna be the the runaway hit. Like you said, he's gonna he's gonna be a really cool a really cool character. But at least that figure is ugly, so I don't have to buy. It. <laughs> So it's the same reason that uh, right. I never bought Impactor. Impactor is at the is is at the comic shop right now. Like I could get Impactor if I wanted him, um, but he's not battle damaged. It's like why would uh-huh. why would I want a new looking Impactor? That's the purple guy, right? One of the purple guys. Remember, you get yeah. mixed up with chocolate. <laughs> then. No, but I got it right though. Right this time, like that's yes, the one yes, that yes, the sorry, one that switches yes, sides and everything. Yeah, like there's an Impactor figure which I was like, yeah, should I get it? You know, maybe get an impactor and a mirage, but uh, but it yeah, it just doesn't do it for me because it's not battle damage. You could always battle damage it yourself. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's <laughs> that's too much work. Uh, so Jordan, what do we have as far as trivia on the TF wiki? Okay, so most of the trivia is mentioning because someone was kind of someone took the time enough that. The uh, there's a moment when they come out of the dead universe that the ship's all messed up, and Cog mentions the reason why that is that they receive like a, a is Teletran one is processing information, and mm-hmm. I there's something I want to talk about when we get to it and stuff like that. But uh, apparently during that entire like scene where the screen is glitching out, there is a flurry of images that are War for Cybertron trilogy style recreations of moments from the original Transformers G1 cartoon. And of note, there is when Optimus and Megatron were dueling on the Sherman Dam, so, you know, with the Energon Axe and... I had that video. <laughs> uh, Spike and Sparkplug with Wiki thanking Optimus Prime, Cybertron leaving Earth's orbit as as from the uh, episode The Ultimate Doom Part 3, Bumblebee burning from the sun's heat, uh, Menacer introducing himself to Optimus Prime, and they note that this Menacer used, utilizes the Prime Wars trilogy, like the Combiner Prime Wars trilogy form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as well as Optimus Prime's 
death with Hot Rod catching the Shining Matrix of Leadership from the movie. I'm going to turn this down to half speed. <laughs> it's oh. really, really quick and really bright and really hard. But someone, I, I mean, like, I definitely saw things and the way they flashed, like, they, they, they flash in and out between the images. So, like, every time I fl- caught one, it was just on the tail end where it was, like, brightening into a blank whiteness or 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 was dark so it was kind of hard to be specific i definitely going back over it could catch some of them i like i said like uh before i saw uh you know the the scene of like uh that clearly looked to me of like you know uh hot rod hunched over catch you know catching the matrix and uh i saw the sherman dam one because i recognize uh optimus with his with his axe but yeah, among also among the flashes are the numbers. Oh my 90. god, he does have an axe. Yeah, from the from and Megatron had a uh, energy a mace. Mace. Uh, the numbers nineteen eighty four and two thousand five sometimes flash, which are when supposedly the season one of the Transformers and the Transformers movie. In the movie, I knew the movie started in that 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 time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that is like the big, biggest trivia, like, and like reference we've got for this. Otherwise we've only got a few other small things where, uh, it says, you know, Megatron feigning weakness and begging for mercy is yet another callback to the movie. Um, the fact that there's a kind of rivalry between Shockwave and Lita one, uh, is kind of setting up like something that was introduced in, uh, the search for Alpha Trion in, in the original Transformers cartoon. And, uh, well, I will, after a certain point, I don't want to say what, cause we'll get to it. I don't want to give away plot things until we get to it in this, in the show. Megatron calls prime Orion Prax. Yes. Uh, Orion Pax, a name frequently given to a younger pre-leader version of Optimus. Mm-hmm. And other than that, the only other little trilogy is that we have a moment of astrogen once again in a delegated to a brief shot, but uh, as opposed to last season's finale, where he looked quite quite larger, he's he's much smaller this time and seems to be more uh, based off his toy than than anything. Mm-hmm. And that is all we got for uh, references and and trivia. Awesome. Well, getting to the episode proper, we pick up pretty much immediately from where we left off at last episode so the autobots are in the arc above this strange world where presumably the allspark is residing though all the systems on the ship seem to be non-responsive like guidance systems are down you know propulsion is down that they don't know what's going on but then we see cog who is as jordan alluded to just a few moments ago is watching the screen and explaining that Teletran 1 received a ton of information and so it's it's having to use all of its resources to sort of try and process it all but we don't know where it came from so that's a little weird we've got uh RC's like well the dead universe lived up to his reputation and certainly messed us up and Ironhide up to their name they're dead in the water or space they're dead in space and they make mention that the only positive is the fact that while they're dead in space, the Decepticons also appear to be dead in space, thankfully. 
because they haven't moved at all either. So we still have a bit of a glowy particle effect from when they would have passed through the gate behind both of the ships. Uh, But then they realize, oh, wait, where's Optimus? And Optimus is apparently, he must be in some sort of a, like a ready room or another room off of the bridge. And his, his eyes sort of light up as Bumblebee approaches and B is asking him if, you know, he's like anything. And Prime says that the Matrix remains closed to him, to him. So he must have been trying to consult with the Matrix on maybe what to do next. We don't know for, for certain. But B starts talking about how they have to stop Megatron and that Prime needs to start, you know, listening to his instincts. Optimus thanks him for his counsel and then starts getting sort of like a a radio feed from Ironhide. He's like, oh, okay, Ironhide, you must have been able to to get the, the comms working again, only for them to realize that the nemesis is starting to move. And then we see a beam come out from the ship and B was like, I thought their weapons were down. And as it turns out, they are still down. However, the thing that they do have working is the tractor beam and it's pulling the arc towards it. So yeah, pretty much. So prime radio is ahead to say all hands brace for impact. And then we get a big crash between the nemesis and the arc. Though not as big of a, a contact as I was expecting. Mind you, as Rat Trap put it, you know, that thing wasn't built. It was poured, so it can probably take a few hits. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the uh what whatchamacallit? Um crap. Diecast forging. Diecast, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry guys. I just got some news. Uh yeah. So I don't remember. Have I told you the story of twelve and 0? It okay. sounds like so. that's familiar, so, but I don't think he's. So told. I ran a, and I promise this is the only Star Wars card thing I'll say all all episode. But I ran a Star Wars card event this past summer, um, online and didn't have uh things in place so that people couldn't just register under fake names. And it was a le- it was a league where you could play twelve games over the course of forty five days. So somebody registered under the name Twelve and O. And went twelve and zero in the event, oh, and, wow. and has kept his identity secret. <laughs> I only use male pronouns because literally, if literally there are there there is one female that I know of that's an active player in Star Wars CCG, and she's <laughs> and she's relatively new. I mean, this you'd have to be like a top this hat this would have to be like a top player, and the top players are are unfortunately all men. So, you know, just just to just to to clarify. Unless it's a, I guess it could be, I guess it could be, could be a, a newcomer, a, a newcomer that, that just did, but pretty, but anyway, so, so I'm, I'm running a, a similar event and, but this time have it so that people have to actually reach out to me with their real name registered with the exception of 12 and 0. Uh, <laughs> I, I allowed 12 and 0 uh, to, um, to come to, to enter the event without revealing their identity. Um, there's, Unfortunately, I, I, I have there's there's a person in the community that uh, a lot of us are pretty sure it's that person uh, that is not everyone's favorite person. But um, twelve and zero just lost. Oh, went went and went 
so so first four games in the league still won fifth game playing against uh, a great european player named silvergland he lost or uh 12 and 0 lost yeah. defaulting to the male pro but uh yeah yeah it's like it's like uh, uh the the dream is over the you know <laughs> i i actually believed in something <laughs> the titan is felled yeah yeah i guess maybe it means now now it means anybody could it's anybody's game now yeah but i don't exactly. know just had to, just had to share that if i was if i was off for a minute there i'll start paying attention now <laughs> what are we talking about transformers so we just got past the intro <laughs> so we've got the the nemesis that is uh managed to ram itself into the arc we've got the decepticons who have now just started boarding we've got megatron glaring as they enter the bridge only the power is off it's, it's like a red lighting and starscream of course immediately figures that they were they were just cowards they ran away and then another one of them is like well, it's either that or they've lured us into this enclosed space for an ambush. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. sure enough, that's what it was. Because the Autobots managed to sort of bum rush everybody, but then Megatron goes after Prime. Though RC manages to get Starscream into a pretty good headlock, and the other Autobots manage to uh to take over from there. It's just kind of cool. <laughs> but uh we then get Prime and Megatron who start uh, some fisticuffs, if you will say, in sort of like a, a back area that's been a bit run down. Megatron does get the upper hand with his you know shoulder, with his arm cannon pointed right at Prime. And he's like, any last words? And Prime is like, forgive me. And that's going to be something that's going to be in this episode a little bit. And it caught me a bit off guard. And Kendall... I'm really starting to wonder if that theory of yours has some more weight to it with this episode. Which theory that uh, that Optimus killed Alpha Trion? Mm, really starting to wonder. I'm wondering if it's wonder if it's asking for forgiveness for that or because of the Allspark situation. Oh, I or just thought he both. was asking for him to forgive him for killing him, for him to absolve him of killing him. But he didn't kill him. Oh, you mean Alpha Trion? You mean? Or wait, what part are we on? Because doesn't because Optimus says forgive me, right? Well, and then he manages to knock knock Megatron's gun off, and then points his gun at Megatron. Right, right, right. And he says he says forgive me, like he's gonna be a badass and actually kill Megatron. And then <laughs> and then Megatron's like no, and he's like no, forgive me. You have to forgive me. Yeah, the second time he says it, it was <laughs> it's like it's like. Because the first so, time he's he's like being a badass and then he's just not like that's but that's this version of uh that's that's uh that's this version of yeah like the first time he's like uh when when it happened when they're talking like the first forgive me he says is, is he's like carrying the weight like that he might he's like this is let's do this and then he, he kind of loses it for the second one because that that's when Megatron says is this what your matrix commands you to do yeah. And this is like, no, this is my choice, my decision to stop, you know, a billion deaths, you know, like basically saying like, this is why. And, and that's when he pulls the gun and, and kind of wails the forgive me this time. Yeah. Which, like we were saying, it's a much more personal and it's not like someone who's, who is like weighing a, a decision to whether, you know, like one versus the many kind of thing. 
it is yeah. a kind of it is a kind of personal whale of like he felt like he did something that he wants Megatron to forgive him for, which mm. I I don't know what it is that he's asking for forgiveness for for specifically. So it still seemed a little out of place to me, but anything. But I mean, you can kind of get where it's where the context is and stuff like that. So it's it's a thread I'd like to see uh, figured out. Yeah, it, it was it was a bit confusing. How it just sort of came out of nowhere. But well, yeah, I mean, like, they sort of hint at it with Prime's conversation to be, but uh, it, it was a little out of place to me. But but before Optimus can really get the the final blow, Cog manages to show up. He's like, "What, Prime? What are you doing?" And Prime's like, "Get out of here, Cog." <laughs> then. Uh, he and Megatron start scrapping again, and but then we have an explosion that blows a hole in the wall of the ship, and Cog gets sucked out. But then we see the front of another ship appearing through that portal that's shooting at the Ark. We aren't sure exactly who it is at first, but I think we've seen the ship before. I think I thought it was a smaller ship that we saw before, but I could be mistaken. I. I think with the it's still Fool's Fortune, which we find out later. It, yeah, it, it carries the uh, the other group. Well, yeah, yeah. but I th- and I th- I think it is their ship from before. It just looks weird because it's coming out of a, a smaller portal than the other two came out. Of. Okay, but uh, we've got we cut to Starscream and the others on the bridge as Double Dealer appears on the screen, and Starscream is like. Well, it's about time. But then Double Dealer is saying, you're all together. B and the others are not surprised at his appearance. Uh, Starscream orders Double Dealer to destroy the Autobots, but then Double Dealer shoots the Ark, which is where all of them are. And Starscream's like, whose side are you on? And Double Dealer creepily says, mine. So something seems to be off with Double Dealer there. So lo and behold, the Autobots and the Decepticons have a common foe that they have to go up against, so they start scrambling to try and get the weapons back online on the ship while still being fired upon. So we then cut to, for the first time in a couple of episodes, we cut to Elita and her group as they are scouting out the Decepticon arena. They seem to be checking around they haven't seen really anybody around which is rather odd but elita asked them to keep the comms open and adapt as needed so it appears as though we've got you know they're kind of they don't seem to to realize as they're going around and noting that it's really quiet they they're they're wondering where megatron is so obviously they they must not know that the nemesis has taken them no one knows that they left only a few behind. <laughs> yep. But uh, Jetfire is wondering if maybe maybe he left with the whole family and they just decided to abandon the planet. Um, but Alita says that it's just the eye of the storm and that he shouldn't let his guard down as they continue. They're placing charges throughout the arena to, to sort of blow it up. We've got Alita who manages to find Shockwave's lab and she starts working on one of his consoles to see if she can figure out what's happened. And then we start to see a form sort of flash behind her. And lo and behold, I have a feeling that 
Shockwave probably didn't leave. But the other thing that we see is there's a video of Double Dealer who has apparently been in contact with Megatron and is talking about negotiating terms face-to-face and that they need to know where they want to take delivery of Optimus Prime and the crew. So just as Alita sees the tail end of that message, she, she, she sees Shockwave appear, or rather Shockwave's face appear in the reflection on the monitor. So she rolls for it. She gets a gun out and is looking around, but can't see anybody there. And then we see a flash of Shockwave again behind her as she radios to Jetfire and starts. She she tells Jetfire to prep the Guardians and to patch her through to to Omega Supreme. Her Nacho Supreme, as Kendall would say. <laughs> yeah, she says what was she says uh you know tell the guardians to prepare their assault and jetfire not jetfire being jetfire is like what we don't and he's like fine then patch me to omega supreme specifically like i mean i kind of knew the minute she said it what she was doing mm-hmm. so i find it extremely funny that jetfire almost like pretty much almost blew it and she <laughs> and she had and she had to improvise even further yeah but still, I it's a it's a nice it's a nice little exchange. Like it's a good oh, yeah. bluff exchange, and I liked it. And it was quick thinking on her part too. So yeah, definitely pretty cool there. Um, but Shockwave finally makes an appearance and starts attacking her. She realizes that he's got cloaking tech now, and he says, "Yes, impressive, isn't it?" So that's a bit creepy. She's like, "You're into hiding." And I'm into fighting. And so she tries to kick him, but he disappears. And so she makes a run for it at this point. We then cut back to the Autobots and Decepticons on the Ark. Optimus and Megatron both start throwing things at the hole to try and plug it up. And they are, su- they are successful. But it was funny because they're both scrambling to just try and plug that hole together. <laughs> and But as soon as it's plugged, then they ha- they're facing off. Megatron says that the AllSpark is down on the planet, but only one of them is going to be getting it. And so he's he's of the mind that he's going to go and get what he came for, but then Prime is very adamant that he is going to retrieve to keep Megatron from abusing its power and enslaving Cybertron. But uh, Megatron says that what he did was for Cybertron. And Optus brings up a good point. You can't save a world by murdering all of its people. <laughs> so there's a, another explode oh. yeah but uh there's another explosion that rocks the ship a little bit and prime takes the advantage to to tackle megatron and just starts wailing on him uh we then cut to the bumblebee as he is he's taking charge here and he's you know he's... trying to guide everybody on what they need to do he tells hound to, to try and reroute the auxiliary energon to the weapons you know trying to get distress signal that he yells at Soundwave to do yep Soundwave's kind of hesitant at first and then Starscream says for him you know to just do it (laughs) and then he starts punching buttons on the console a quick toss away going of where is Cog far reaches of space at this point Mm. also the shields can only take one more direct hit and just as she says that they take one more direct hit (laughs) And everything starts powering down. <laughs> Starscream's like, that's it? We're just going to die? <laughs> but Bumblebee says, not if, not if Wheeljack's able to help, help it. 
So we cut back to this third ship that has appeared, and we see a crack in the, the side of it. And lo and behold, we got bug bite and I... Exhaust. Exhaust. Yeah. They're both Which is ready. technically, a, they're both redecos of uh, of previous robots. Bug bite being of Bumblebee and Exhaust of Wheeljack. Yep. That they just actually made, you know, bios and things for. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting conversation that's had between the two. Because Exhaust is saying that when we get back to normal space... I'm out like the others, which, okay, so why did the others go? But then we've got Bug Bite, who says that he kind of likes the new paradigm, which is a bit of a weird saying. But uh, just as he says that, we they hear a sound, and as they turn to look, they're both shot in the face, and they go flying off into space. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it works. <laughs> and as we... Yeah. Then, then see, it's actually Cog who managed to take them both out. I'd like to also point out that uh, when I watched them flying off, I'm like, well, at least they tethered themselves. So they're, and then I saw that the tethers were cut. I'm like, oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gone for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back to Elita, who is running through the arena at this point. She's managed to to arm all of the explosives, but as she's trying to run through, she gets tripped up by Shockwave, who, you know, he's like, my stealth upgrade gives me the upper hand. And then he's like, surrender and call off the Guardians, and Alita is like, oh, wow, you, you actually believe that, huh? <laughs> and then she just kicks him right in the head. <laughs> Which is funny right because... in the eye! Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I think I broke your stealth thing because there's electricity that's crackling over his body and he sort of flashes in and out. But then sort of for, for somebody who's supposed to not feel emotion, he seems to be getting kind of pissed off at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Because he's trying to wail on her. And one thing that he does is uh, he tries to do like a spinning back kick and then manages to drop his leg down on top of her. She has to put put her arms up to brace it. And she's like, how have you gotten stronger? And then we see his other foot is glowing purple. And she makes the realization that he's still draining sparks. Oh, and man. he's using them himself. Oh, man. It's so, yeah. oh, man. So, so I did, I'll admittedly, I watched this episode more than a week ago. Um, and I did not, I had stuff happen this evening. Uh, and I could have. I could have watched it and had to start the podcast half an hour later, but I decided not to because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like rewatching it. But like, this was such a good episode. I should have. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch it like tonight or something. Uh, the this fight between uh between Shockwave and like, yeah, the Shockwave absorbing the sparks of all the other Decepticons is like so like it's it's so insane like. I, they have to be setting up. They have to be setting up Megatron, like a like a a schism between Megatron and Shockwave, because there's no way that Megatron approved. Like Megatron no. approved for the for the the infrastructure so that they could get enough power to to make a ship so they mm-hmm. could find the the AllSpark or whatever. Like legitimately, Megatron Megatron believes. Even if even if some of the stuff that he says is manipulative and lies and stuff, at the end of the day, 
he believes that that you know the whatever Doctor Horrible says. He says like the world is in trouble and I just need to rule it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to get that. I'm gonna have to find that quote because I think about that quote a lot. But like he <laughs> thinks that he's he thinks that he's doing what he legitimately believes everything that he tells Optimus because like he doesn't have to lie to Optimus to no. you know to manipulate him. So everything. Everything that he says, he believes that he is saving their race. And uh, and meanwhile, she's left. He's left Shockwave there to just do a genocide. Uh, like, like he doesn't know what Shockwave's doing. So he gets, you know, he'll get back there or 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 something will happen. Something's got to be going to happen where he where Megatron figures out how that Shockwave has gone too far. And he's the extra bad guy. Yeah, no, certainly possible. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the next season. And I was saying to Kendall and Jordan earlier, rumor is that it's probably going to be late May that Kingdom is coming out. Sort okay, of so the line the- is the world is a mess and I just need to rule it. I just, I love, I love that line because it's so, that's such a perfect, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a joke, but it's also very true of, uh, of, yeah. of this trope of the, of the villain that, that, thinks that the best thing for the world is if would be if they took over, you know, Dr. Doom or Lex Luthor, I don't know, probably Cobra Commander. I'm sure there's an incarnation of Jesus. Oh, probably. But yeah, Shockwave is yeah. Whereas Shockwave is the is the megalomaniac that just wants all of the power. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't drink his own Kool-Aid. No. You know, he doesn't get high on his own supply. Um <laughs> He's got his own. I mean, he's crazy for his own reason. He's uh, he's just straight up megalomaniacal, more like uh, that. I guess that's now that I'm thinking about it. That's the difference between like a Lex Luthor versus a Kingpin. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's a version of Kingpin, though, that the thing that like, but generally I feel like Kingpin is portrayed as like he's a crime lord. He wants all the power, all that stuff. OK, that's my soapbox. <laughs> we can go back to the regular scheduled program of the show that I don't remember what happened in. All right. But yes, uh, we get shockwave and Alita. They sort of, you know, grab each other, other's hands, but then shockwave manages to disappear as Alita grabs her gun, but then shockwave deals her a knockout blow as she, you know, skids across the ground. We then cut outside to Jetfire and red alert. Jetfire gets hit with something then red alert and all the other Autobots, like their guns get pulled away. Chromia gets shot right in the chest. Yeah. Doesn't make a hole though. Like it just, it sort of chars on her chest, sort of like, um, it's almost like she had a bit more armor there, but, uh, she still manages to fall down. The other yeah, Decepticons that are with them. She does the dramatic. I've just been shot move. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the other Decepticons that are with them, they get their weapons pulled from them, and they're just floating in the air, and Jetfire's like, buy the Allspark. But then, I guess a bunch of others have Stealth Tech too, because one of them says no by Shockwave, and then manages to smack him. So we then cut back to the the bomb that's in that Elita had placed in Shockwave's lab that's still ticking down. So, a bit ominous there. We, we then come back to, to Prime, who is still pummeling Megatron after all this time. and But Megatron says, please, 
please off just i beg of you mercy and primes you know panting and he, he pauses and that gives megatron an opportunity and there's there's a, an electrical cord that's sparking right by his head that he manages to grab and just pushes right into prime's chest and prime gets knocked out yep the only thing that can hurt you is a by pushing a thing into a person's chest that's yep. what we've that's that's practically a law of robotics mm. <laughs> So Megatron manages to to grab his arm cannon and puts it back on. And as he approaches Prime, who's unconscious, we see Megatron. He just manages, you know, open that that truck cab that he's got for for chest. And as he does, we see a glow that's that illuminates his face. And man, does Megatron has like this really creepy smile, and then sort of like this shocked expression as. It then cuts back to the Autobots on the bridge and they manage to, you know, they get a message from Double Dealer again as he notes that their shields are disabled. We're noticing something else with Double Dealer here as well because Double Dealer's eyes keep changing color as he's speaking. So this is actually a little subtle thing that we never actually pointed out that I think they did it in the Bumblebee movie though, but... They actually kind of uh, color-coded eyes for the factions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they did that for for uh, Jetfire, though, but all the Decepticons basically have uh, red eyes, and all the Autobots have blue eyes. Jetfire has blue eyes. Yeah. Yep. But I don't know if he had red eyes while he was a Decepticon. Nope. They and, were and I'm pretty sure the mer- mercenaries all had red eyes, too. Mm-hmm. Nope, but uh, Jetfire had blue eyes. Because I noticed it in the first episode. I was like, oh, there's your hint that something's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, so B, Double Dealer tells them to prepare to be boarded. And B says, well, what's, what are you getting paid? And Double Dealer's like, payment? No, this is payback. Yeah. To which the others are sort of a bit confused because it's like, well, payback for what? Because you helped us escape. But then we see Double Dealer's body double over. <laughs> And we've got these tentacles coming out of the back of his head and his body. And then we've got Decius talking about their their solitary exile and that this is payback for thwarting their attempt at redemption and for the honor of their fellow Quintessons. But it's creepy because B's like, or because Decius first says, well, what do you think of this new face? It doesn't really argue with me like the old ones did. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, is he even still alive? DC's like, he lives as long as I need him. I'm sorry, Jordan. What were you gonna say? No, that I was just gonna say he makes it creepy. Yeah, like, and you were going to go over those creepy lines. Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry, tentacle in the back of the head. It was just, but uh, just as DC says that. Somebody manages to shoot their ship, and it turns out that Wheeljack is on the Decepticon ship with Ratchet and a couple of other Autobots. They manage to take over and get the weapons online and start shooting it at the at Decius now. Uh, Decius in turn tries to get Bugbite and Exhaust back up to the bridge, only not getting any response. So Decius tries to use the console themselves make a shot but they can't hit the ship apparently and so as somebody manages to show up on their bridge 
we've got Cog, who then's got a gun pointed to, to Decius or Decius at this point. And so one little crisis averted, sort of, I guess you could say, thankfully. But we then cut back to uh, Elita's group, who are being led into the arena. Scrapface is trying to plead with the other Decepticons that there's explosives that have been armed. The Decepticons aren't really listening. They're like, oh, yeah, which one of you is going to set them off? And Scrapface says, no, no, they're they're on a timer. Like, we have to go. But... They, they don't seem to be buying it at this point. But uh, the timer continues to tick down as we cut to Alita, who's strapped to a table in Shockwave's lab now. She sees the explosive she had planted that's still ticking away. And I'm going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Why does Shockwave use a, a regular-ass scalpel? Oh, it, only <laughs> looks like a, it only looks like a regular scalpel. Okay. It's vibrating so fast that we can't even see that it's moving. Actually, a James uh, Bond. Gotcha. The, the, the gadget guy. Oh, okay. Is that Q? Is that his name? Yes, that's okay. Q. It's Q. I was afraid I, I. What about Wheeljack? <laughs> but yes, Shockwave uh, appears beside Alita with a scalpel and holds it up to her face. And just as he's about to start working, he gets a radio call saying that the others have been captured and he slams it into the table right by her head. He's like, I'm on my way. That seems like a very angry move to do. Yeah. For somebody who doesn't have emotions. (laughs) Transformers. 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 Yes. So, sorry about that, folks. I had a whining dog who was going to make a mess on the floor if I didn't uh, didn't take her out post haste. But uh, we are back, and as we are back, we are back to the Autobots. As they've got. Uh, Wheeljack firing on the fortune, but as it turns out, the fortune has got a massive breach in its warp actuator. And if it takes a hit, then there's going to be a big old explosion that's going to take down the arc. But So B tells them that they have to try and get the engines on. But then B also realizes, as he's talking to Ironhide, he's like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in your seat. He's like, no, no, it's all right, you... You're doing fine. And he's like, also, it's, it's not my seat. It's Prime's. And to which RC's like, wait, where is Prime? Does that matter? Where's the other Decepticons? <laughs> so as B starts looking for Prime, we got to Cog, who is telling Decius to get away from the console. But as Decius goes to try and punch a button, Decius shoots their hand, or rather, the end of one of their tentacles off. Mm-hmm. rather creepy but then there's an impact from another shot from wheeljack and the, the nemesis that knocks cog over he loses his gun as decius then takes advantage and poor cog gets stabbed right in the chest by another one of the tentacles uh, so, he's like bleeding yeah. out yeah so we've got cog holding holding their chest as they're bleeding and we've got De- decius who 
walks out of frame as Cog is trying to, to radio the others. He's like, taking control of the mercenary ship. Cease fire. Repeat. Cease fire. And he tragically, he's, he's sitting in the captain's chair of the ship as it fades off. And we then cut to Alita. His eyes go dark. I'm pretty sure yeah. he died then and there. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, DC is kind of sly in a way, kind of Confused me at first, but then I realized, oh, he probably, DC has probably realized that uh, things are bad. Ship's going to yeah. blow and time to go. Yeah, probably going to try and find an escape pod or something. But... Oh, yeah, that's, so I kind of took it as, as, as the, the DC's dying there. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Somehow. It's, it's left rather ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the, sh- the shot that uh, Cog does to the tentacle doesn't seem to be much damage. Mm-hmm. And Theseus doesn't seem like they're they're like in any like damage after their scuffle when when they get when they get their uh, the upper hand on Cog. So yeah. I don't think Theseus is in in any danger of like bleeding out or anything. But I mean, there's an ex- there's an explosion coming up. So yeah. But uh, we've we've cut to Elita, who's still strapped to this table in Shockwave's lab, but she manages to. to use some ingenuity and manages to to bite down the scalpel that was left beside her head and then spits it into her hand. She manages to use it to uh, try and break free of the shackles as we cut to the Autobots as they're being led. But then somebody starts taking out the Decepticons with some very well-placed shots. And as it turns out, Chromia didn't get hurt quite as bad as what they originally suspected. Yeah, like I will. I'm not gonna lie. When when they chose her to be the one that got shot, I was mm-hmm. like, all the all the people are sexist. I mean, granted, <laughs> they probably are right anyway. But like, you, you know, like there was like like it was it was borderline last season when the one, you know, when when the one character that gets killed is a is a woman. But like I, you know, I'm kind of willing to look to look past that because. You know, when you have when you have more when you have more female characters, things are gonna have to happen to some of them, um, and uh, I can kind of explain it away. But it's like if they chose to kill off to have the only characters be ki- that get killed off be Chromia, uh, whoever the first was in the first season, and uh, and Alita One, like yeah, yeah. like yeah, then at some point there's limits. Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't seem to be the the direction that they ended up that they ended up going here. Um, fortunately, but uh, but yeah, no, but everybody, uh, yeah, it was a good moment. It was a good moment because I legitimately thought that she was. I legitimately thought she had been killed off. She's a character that I don't care about, but I also was kind of mad that they killed her off, and then, and then they brought her back, and it was like good they brought her back. So emotional roller coaster. Oh, and she gets a pretty kick ass moment when she yeah. comes back too. Jordan, what were you going to say? Oh, just that I feel bad for Skytread. Because <laughs> they were like, no, no, I helped you, remember? And then they get shot literally in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And as it turns out, Chromia the sniper, she manages to blast all of, all of the Autobot shackles as they start making a run for it. And she transforms into her vehicle mode and starts, dr- like, she peels out trying to get away. And Elia is still working on the shackle, trying to to get it to come off. But the timer on the explosive goes off, and 
we cut to the outside of the arena as it starts exploding and it rips up the ground yeah the the ground underneath like rips up as we're sort of panning through the group of autobots and we see this you know orange blaze sort of blast up in front of them as they start to fall and then there's like this cascading uh eruption almost from underneath the arena going outwards and it manages to catch chromia and lifts her off the ground and it's i might use this as a screenshot it's a very the the image that we get it's like orange and she she manages to transform during the upheaval it looks like i think yeah and it's like it looks like the explosion knocked her into a robot form yeah but uh she's flung up as we then cut to black but then we cut back to optimus who's starting to come to and he's asking megatron what he's done to him and megatron's like oh relax optimus he's like or should i say orion <laughs> and as he turns he's got the matrix in his left hand and prime is still dazed and he's like why do you want the matrix and Megatron says, well, you aren't the only one who's foreseen things. And he's like, I have as well. And so the fate of the entire universe being in my hands at the right place and time. It's like, so this is how it ends. But unlike you, I don't crave forgiveness. And as he's charging <laughs> up his, his cannon, he's about to shoot. And then B comes in to make the save and starts shooting Megatron in the back. And I don't know what it is, but B's blaster doesn't really seem to do a whole lot of damage when it does hit him. I mean, it manages to chase him off a little bit, but yeah, not a whole lot of damage as Megatron makes a break for it. B's shooting after him and then goes to check on Prime, who is, you know, he's definitely been weakened with everything that's happened. Well, I think I think that Megatron is also probably in a relatively vulnerable state, and that's probably why yeah. he... Even if even if somebody is so well, I guess we're not quite fit. I have a I have a broad sweeping thing to talk about, but we're not. There's more. <laughs> there's still a little bit more of the just a little bit. We're almost to the end, but uh, B manages to uh, to get Optimus up as he's making making mention that they got to try and get the engines working, and that he doesn't know if they're going to make it. And Prime is like, we must, or we risk the end of all things. So as the uh, the fortune keeps floating we've got prime and b back on the bridge and prime asks if asks wheeljack if they have thrusters and wheeljack's like maybe 15 percent. he's like fire to port and try and get the nemesis between us and the fortune uh rc makes mention that the the shields aren't responding the nemesis starts to pull away and ratchet says that it's nearly tearing the ship apart and then as all that's happening we then get the fortune that explodes get a very not gonna lie this this scene right here sort of reminded me of the of the beginning of beast wars mm. just the the way that it looked like with the explosion and the way that there's we've got shrapnel that's flying through space and then starts entering the atmosphere burning up two ships flop, falling apart from each other yeah yes. yeah definitely and so we 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 cut to this forested sort of inlet i guess you could say it looks very tropical almost we hear some birds and then some some impacts and pan across some trees and 
we see a head pop up. It's the head of a velociraptor. And I'm going to tell you right here, this was the fucking moment that made me go, ah, <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I, 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 do, I do wonder why they chose to do Dinobot 2 instead of regular Dinobot. But other than that. <laughs> no, it's not Dinobot 2. Dinobot 1. believe it is dinobot one it better fucking be dinobot one because we haven't seen dinobot since this iteration of dinobot since code of hero god damn it i'm getting my dinobot back yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh the the velociraptor sort of moves through the brush and is looking on and we then oh it's so good too because there were so many commercials that were the eye like dinobots eye or the eye of a dinosaur for the commercials mm-hmm very reminiscent of that as the eye is blinking and then all of a sudden instead of up and down we get like almost like this lens that goes from side to side and then we see the eye zooming in on the crashed arc boom credits yeah which like i said it's a good scene because up until you the eye change it leaves you just i mean you if you've seen Beast Wars, you kind of know, but it leaves you to believe that this is just an actual live raptor. Yeah. Like, they they, they animated and move, and the things move. Like, the scene setup is very smooth to make it feel like this is supposed to be a living thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the eye switch, and then, like, the eyelid, side eyelid, like, flows back and forth, and suddenly you're seeing uh, an, uh, like, H, H, uh, heads-up display lines, and, and here, like, uh, you know, like uh, electronic sounds as it, as it zooms in on on the arc. Yeah. So, so I, I will. I, I I mean, it's cool. But man, how much cooler would it be if we didn't know it was coming? Yeah. Like I, it's. I mean, I mean, part of me is like, okay, is feeling the like, oh my god, this is finally happening, and that's cool and stuff. But like, oh man, I just feel like we live in this world where where nothing is cool and surprising anymore. You know, because because you always find out because things always get announced in the most, you know, the most mundane way possible a million years in advance. And so by the time it happens, you're like, ugh, finally. Uh, But there's like just this was like like Beast Wars is a thing, obviously, that's important to all of us. But that's, you know, that for me was important to me and (laughs) and that I, you, you know, fundamentally like. I was like chasing the dragon with every other transformers thing. Like, you know, just barely getting to like, okay, fine. I guess if they turn into vehicles or if most of the time they're just robots, I can just, I can just deal with the, like, there are other aspects of the mythology that are interesting. But like, if, if one of these things like imagine, okay. Okay. So, so imagine it this way. Like I, if, if they had done something, at the end of uh, at the end of siege, the la- if if this basically if this clip had been the end of siege instead mm-hmm. of the instead of the 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 them being in the ship, and you don't understand what's happening, like if they had just literally just played this exact sh- that exact clip at the end of siege, when we have no idea what what's coming, you know, and then just and then just. I mean, everything else about the whole series was exactly the same, but they did like a little Easter egg. There's going to be Beast Wars. Like Mm -hmm. how, I don't know. It's my, it's that. 
But I also want to say that would have been good too. Yeah, I mean, it was a good. It was still a good ending. It's still like like you have to believe that it's coming. But it's like after I pre-ordered for Transformers, which is a thing that I've never done in my life. I've never mm-hmm. pre-ordered action figures. Like like this was. I don't know. It's just like a. It's just a little bummer that that we couldn't have gotten that. This isn't how I found it out. Instead of just like. I don't even know. Did you guys tell me that there was going to be Beast Wars? I or, think we mentioned. Or did I? Or, or no, 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 no. It was just like a. It was just like an announcement. In because yeah. it was yeah. in between seasons. Yeah. Yeah, there was an announcement in between seasons and some of the promotional material. I think, if I remember correctly, you saw some of the promo material and you're like, "So I guess they're doing Beast Wars with Kingdom." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and granted, I was very excited when. It, now that I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it, I was very excited. About it. Yeah. So it still was exciting. It's just like you find out. It's it's just a bummer when you find out in the. Mm. I don't know. For for me, it got me excited, especially because, um, I mean we we've seen the toys, so we know essentially what, for the most part, what they should look like. But that Velociraptor looked like pretty spot on with what what we had in Beast Wars originally. So that right. was I I have to give it to Rooster Teeth. There, they did a pretty good job with that. Right, it's yeah, yeah. He has very because because Dinobot has a very specific look on his face. The kind of the kind of V's, mm-hmm. the consummate V's, like Trogdor. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, yeah, like he has a very specific look, and that's that's one that's really one of the you know you talk about the beginning of Beast Wars. That's one of the coolest things that I think back when I think back to the pilot episode of Beast Wars. When they come in and you see the all the different animals, yes. And when you first see them, they're just animals. But if you go back and watch again, you're like, "That is the character model for Optimus. That is the character model." You you know you see every single every single character model, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Oh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they how it all intertwines uh, and and to see what like are we gonna get like is this gonna be some sort of is it time travel? Is it multiversal? Is yeah, it a cause, combination? Because I was talking to Greg and Ed, uh, before we started that it's it really leaves a lot of things in question because uh, the original Beast Wars made it seem like they came to Earth after the Ark landed there. Mm-hmm. Like it was there when they when they got there. Like there wasn't they weren't there when it suddenly crashed into the middle of things and they're like, oh no, we gotta see what. Like that, there was never any indication that happened in in the original Beast Wars show. There was indica- like they even in uh, I specifically pointed out that in the agenda when uh, they first like start unearthing it, uh, unearthing the Ark and stuff like that. Uh, uh, Silverbolt makes a note that it looks like someone was already here, like that someone had been to the site to look it over before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. <clears throat> my um my my big concern is that uh yeah i'm scared to i'm scared to death that they're gonna just butcher these characters I'm, that is a, like really it is an honest worry because because the thing is the thing is like up to this point um i mean it's been great the only character the only character i think that all of that or at least greg and i have have had some some quibbles with the interpretation of the character is with Optimus Prime because he's a character yeah. that we all have a that we have a really specific concept of what that character should be. Mm-hmm. Um Megatron, 
we don't i feel like even doesn't have the same amount of like this is how that character should always be because even i think and i think it's probably partially because optimus was actually done kind of sort of okay in the michael bay movie um you, you know like not perfectly but like you could if you what if you saw the michael bay movies you could see what optimus should have been like um uh-huh. and but whereas like starscream and uh and megatron and and uh, like those those and bumblebee like those are characters that you can kind of do whatever you want with them they're more it's an action figure and then maybe some broad strokes and then you have characters like jetfire or um or alita who i wouldn't i would certainly not have been able to name previously and i'm sure that they've i'm sure that they've been in other versions uh mm-hmm. but not not that much but this is going to be involved. this is going to be optimus primal and rat trap and cheetor and black arachnia for some reason um she seems i don't know she seems like a weird choice to be the one <laughs> the one non megatron pred- predacon who's not even actually a predacon uh like she's fine she's a good character i know i know she's one of jordan's favorite characters but but it's like kind of uh, a, she was well she also she originally was a uh uh maximal remember they re, they re, yeah. just reprogrammed her well that's that's what i mean like I she's know, the just... one it's weird that the one predacon that that they have that's not megatron is also actually a maximal yeah um, that's true you know it's it i don't i don't know i mean and maybe this is just also... like to me but i feel like it's weird that they didn't choose waspinator it's weird that they oh, didn't it would have been nice if they had a waspinator yeah yeah um because we know waspinator gets around i mean um i guess i yeah i I don't know we'll we'll and we'll just see because also it could be that some of these that like that like optimus primal and beast megatron are like in it for five minutes like oh that would be such a piss off like dino you know it might only be there might only be two or three beast characters and they might have like one episode of beast characters you know who knows what they could do but they're definitely not we have very specific ideas of what all these characters are because we dissected we dissected 75 episodes of uh of cartoons about these characters about the Uh same version of these characters um even when those cartoons messed up i complained about it you know even (laughs) you know if, if if the if it got a little bit off on the character so like if these if these show up and you know optimus primal is uh you know written like tarzan or something mm. um or uh or yeah i mean who who knows who just who knows what these what these characters are going to be like and yeah. how they're going to be treated i mean assumedly it's going to be good but it's a real it's a real fear that this is i mean this is these are these are unexp- these are characters who who simultaneously have very specific characterizations and also haven't been reinvented a million times, um, yeah. which is which is a which is a, a a difficult thing to approach. And I think, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about the Star Wars movies. I think that's a large part of where people criticize, you know, the portrayal of of Luke or or whatever in or or these you know handful of 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 existing characters because. At least for those people, those those characters, they have a very specific idea of who those characters are. Yeah, very static. But also that it's a very different time, and this is a very different property than, I mean, this is much more mature than anything 
So, oh, yeah. you know, who know who knows? I'm I'm just yeah, it's it's weird to me that we haven't had any that we haven't had any other Predacons besides uh besides Beast Megatron uh that the figures have spoiled unless I'm unless I'm uh, forgetting something. Um I can't I, really think of any off the top of my head. Mind you, I haven't done a dig deep dig. Yeah. I haven't done a deep dive into any of the Predacons that are planned mm-hmm. yet. Um so I had sort of alluded to a theory that I had last week okay. that I was going to bring up tonight. So thought that it, that occurred to me watching everything again was obviously or more than likely they're going to be continuing this story after this original trilogy. They're going to be doing something after it with the anniversary for Beast Wars for their 25th being this year. It makes sense to me, at least, that they're probably going like they're introducing the characters here as a sort of a lead off, lead in or spin off, perhaps. Mm. And if that's the case, I'm assuming that they're either going to do a series or they're going to do a movie. And either one of those, I'd be willing to bet they're going to change. We're not going to get the same Beast Wars story. I think what we're going to get here, or at least what I think we might see is instead of a conflict between primal and the and the other maximals versus Meg, beast megatron and the predacons i don't think it's going to be limited to just one planet something i'm wondering if beast megatron gets a hold of the golden disc and rather than just settling for trying to change history at the ark if he's unsuccessful there I think we're either going to get a movie or a series where he's going to try and go to other points in Transformers history to try and change it then. And so mm. each 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 leap or each episode will be them trying to stop him. And maybe there's some minor alterations. But the course of the series is Primal and the others just constantly playing catch up, trying to foil Megatron's plans and either succeeding or, or partially failing or maybe outright failing. And then the finale is going to be to the point where they they finally have like have it out. I think that would be an interesting take. I don't know if they would go that route, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we at least get some sort of a series or continuation of Beast Wars this year. Hoping that the next leap is the one home. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, like that. I was going to make that joke. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could could be I I I mean as long as I mean I'm I'm to the point now where we've had we've had two really good seasons and of course this is going to be like my my uh like famous last words and and then kingdom is going to be horrible but we've had two really solid seasons of this show mm-hmm. yeah and um I just I really first of all I hope that I hope that kingdoms ends ends strong gives us a good ending Um, and I, you know, I definitely want, don't get me wrong. I definitely want a beast Wars show. Uh, Mm -hmm. but also just as long as, as long as we can, as long as rooster teeth and whoever they have working on these on, on, on war for Cybertron continues to put stuff out until it gets bad. Like I'm, I, I mean, that's my hope. What my, 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 the worst thing that could happen. Well, the worst thing that could happen is would be terrible, but I have a feeling King, uh, the worst thing that could happen to me, we get kingdom and then 
that wraps up and then they go back to and then they're like okay we created we did this thing um and it didn't increase our toy sales enough or it didn't increase our netflix presence enough or whatever so we're gonna go back we're gonna have our next series be a lighter kid-friendly thing aimed at six-year-olds like like that's that's kind of my that's kind of my fear because transformers is a property that i am very selective on what i on what i enjoy and i do tend to enjoy the stuff that's more grimdark um yeah that's my thing so i'm i'm but also man earthrise was good made me care about (laughs) these two these two series have made me care about characters in a way that almost no other transformers property has done Uh um they're like somebody finally figured out freaking (laughs) don't put the goddamn humans in it like that's i guess that's the other thing is i have a feeling part of the reason that this was that the, i mean i don't you know i know you can have more, multiple spinning plates but like the transformers film franchise uh i don't know i i mean bumblebee was pretty universally loved but i still think that the transformers film franchise has a, like a stinkiness to it so there might be you know, you know this might be the kind of thing that comes out of when the property is not super popular. So if the property could get more, gets more popular with maybe with a, with a new movie or something like that, that might, then you might have more people in editorial sticking their fingers in and, you know, we don't get more of this stuff, but it's, yeah, this is freaking good shit. Well, agreed. All right. We put a call out for questions earlier. Today. Oh yeah. We managed to get a few. So, uh, so yes, uh, Jordan, what do we have for, Kendall put out some questions too. So, but uh, Jordan, what do we have for initial questions there? All right. Um. Oh wait. Hold on. I forgot to mark something. All that time, and I forgot. Yeah. Okay. So we got we got two questions from uh on the on the tw- regular Twitter. Okay. Um. Uh, from Merle Tastic at Merle Tastic. I think it's been a while since we got a question from them. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. But anyways, they asked, uh, "What was your favorite thing this season?" Oh. There was a lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> I I got to go back to the last episode. There was just so, so much good callback to the 86 movie. And I felt like they, they did it in a way that wasn't, it didn't ham it up. And it made it really intriguing with, especially with Galvatron. Like they, they made, they made it really interesting. And I think they did a bit of, good service to the character of Galvatron as well. Uh, Cause a lot of folks after the movie um, in the third and fourth series felt that Galvatron definitely got dumbed down a bit compared to Megatron. So I felt that they did a really good job with it. I, mm, well, I definitely did like, like I said, like I really liked how the animation and stuff did Dinobot in the episode, in this episode itself. Like it was mm-hmm. like a very nice, like, just seen you know like yeah. it, it i really liked how it just flowed um oh but it's really hard to just like you know pick out very specific things i did like the smiling face of ravage yeah that was cool okay Candle my favorite thing it's by my my this is actually pretty easy i had to think about it for like two seconds but it was from early episodes um it was alita one bringing in good guy decepticon it's just sort of mm-hmm. just sort of that that general concept of um whether it was the ones that she that she freed from the um 
you know, she's freed from the the prisons or the ones that helped, uh, you know, that helped free them uh, when they when they were when they were all in bad shape. But just generally, I really like um, I mean, it's because Transformers is this dumb thing where everybody is where everybody is in a particular faction because of where basically because of how they were born. Mm -hmm. And I really like when people are able to make that decision to move out of that faction. And it, it, it says something about, you know, cause, cause in real life, in real life, did, am I born with a, with a Predacon symbol on me or a Decepticon symbol on me? No, but there are, there are things that I am brought up to believe and, you know, that I was brought up to believe that maybe I don't believe in anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of just being able to think critically about your situation and go beyond uh, sort of what you were, you know, what your what your birth says about you, I, I think yep. is, a, is a really powerful metaphor that works really well in Transformers because you mm-hmm. have those because you have those set faction. And then it yep. also I think it helps that they are robots. So you don't have so even so the racial allegory is a little bit easier to to digest because it doesn't have the specific baggage of race, even if it is like a, a part of it, but just, mm-hmm. I just thought they did a really good job of that. And, and again, I also, I also think that Megatron um, kind of pushing, making compromising his own beliefs more and more uh, is, is really compelling. Yes. So, yeah. That was a good question to stir things off. I think. Uh, Do you have another yeah. one there, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, and I had okay. I just want to point out that for some reason, emoji on on a like a desktop web browser mm-hmm. looks like a blue sphere thing. Like it literally kind of looks like a tic tac, just just <laughs> the way it is. But it's a football, and mm-hmm. I don't know why when when translated to like you know the because de- like on a phone and on and on the desktop, emojis kind of change what they look like. Like I've noticed this before many times because you know i'm just one of those weird things but anyways uh from cassidy space line line emoji football emoji at what is cosplay hey cassidy uh, hi cassidy asked if you had to assign the main autobots beast mode personas is optimus prime still monkey hmm i know that there's been a uh in japan there's been a a leader that's based that's that's used a lion like you know a king of the jungle kind of thing i mean i mean i can kind of get that but i don't know like well here's the thing because the original toy commercials before they made optimus a gorilla optimus was supposed to be like a bat yeah and then there was a there was an optimus miner that was like a chimpanzee as far as a toy oh yeah i did have an optimus bat yeah. I thought you were like a baseball bat, like because because no, no, so no. <laughs> so Optimus was a baseball bat and Megatron was a gun, um, uh, but uh, I really do think that my gut goes to Lion, um, yeah. mostly because he is kind of an Aslan figure in a yeah, lot of, in a lot of interpretation. Yeah, um, yeah. King may- of the Jungle, maybe, and... maybe an elephant, depending. Yeah. I would I mean, say it really, it really depends on how how the how a personality. Like I'm trying to think things that are big and majestic and kind of like because he he has like this like aura like even in uh the show and stuff like but like that like he 
it's one of those things where like you kind of just know he's the leader and i'm trying to think of like animals that kind of like if you just like look looked at them like like you can they they tend to have like a head right. animal or anything which honestly isn't actually true like there's no such thing as an alpha wolf that was just mis misunderstanding things and it's all in, yeah you know. well yeah but also uh, uh, that's okay it can be <laughs> metaphors um yeah i think because i also think i mean my my the other thing my gut would say would be an eagle i mean but that's not, that's not clever um i would say that this version of optimus in this show feels like it would be a, an an ape i think a like the gorilla the choice of a gorilla they actually meant ape i think mm -hmm. you know like it's just that a gorilla kind of prevents <laughs> presents better but the idea that he is he is not quite fully evolved um yeah. to to who who he'll become i think um i think that that works really well in the in optimus primal's character because he's um a descendant of optimus prime or 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 like at least his his name came from optimus prime somehow like there's some connection there but he's clearly not there yet and i think that i think that optimus prime in this series is not is is not the uh uh superman character that he is in uh in later series this is like i mean this is his origin story yeah yeah but but other characters uh what would what would we have so hmm. well what would bumblebee so, be bumblebee um maybe a fox bumblebee maybe. would be something boring i think bumblebee would be a would be a a, a lab a a dog like a lab I think that's hmm. what I'm thinking of, or golden retriever, or yeah, like a like a yeah. like a friendly like a friendly dog. Um, I think that I think that Megatron would be, um, it's so now I just I just realized that that's dumb. I was gonna say Megatron <laughs> would be a snake, but then he's just Cobra Commander. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I had the interesting thought process. Like I didn't, I didn't get to it. Like I thought another possible one for uh, Optimus that might be good would be, uh, would be a bear. And, yeah, and, and so my mind was like wandering. And then we got to Bumblebee. I'm like, well, just a little bear. It's like, <laughs> like, and then I'm like, wait, no, now I just made Yogi bear. So it's just bears versus snakes. <laughs> all of the, all of the Autobots are bears. All of the Decepticons are snakes. I think that's I think that's the answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So were those the questions that we had on Twitter there, Jordan? Yeah. Um. What about RC though? Like, there's a couple of other characters we could yeah, probably yeah, yeah. think we, of. Yeah, we. I well, I feel like we should figure out Alita. Oh yeah. I yeah. Mean, she's mm. she's she's key and also like specific to this series. She deserves oh. something. I think you a lioness would work for her. I was too. just thinking the same thing. Yeah, I think Alita would be a good lioness. Um, I was thinking RC maybe a, a doe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So oh, Alita, I actually would would lean more towards a fox. It, it, like we were talking about fox. I would say a fox or a wolf. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, a wolf. Some might, kind of might some kind too. of canine. Yeah, I I don't I don't yeah I mean I don't know especially if Optimus was a lion because her being a lion mm -hmm. um, would be less yeah. weird if pairing that that was different animals because that's that's less weird um i think with jeff fire i think 
because Kindle, I know you had mentioned an eagle before, but I think it, an eagle might work more for Jetfire. Yeah, yeah, an eagle. Yeah, jet, yeah, Jetfire. I think an eagle or um some. What's the most intimidating bird of prey? Um, I don't know enough about birds. Um, I mean, eagles are pretty up yeah, there. Yeah, eagles are. Yeah I, yeah, I agree that eagles are probably pretty a lot up of there. a lot of various hawks are just very are just very um intimidating just off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, actually, that or an owl, maybe. Actually, uh, owls more kind of like I would imagine. Uh, Jetfire could uh, be because he turns; mm-hmm. he could be a pterodactyl. Ooh, yeah. I guess it just depends on how you inter like on how how you interpret him. Whether you're going for um, <laughs> sorry, should have muted that. Too late now. <laughs> you can uh, you can edit it out. Yeah, we'll um, take it out in post. Yeah, um, but I think that um, like if you're if you're thinking of him as the, it depends on how you're thinking of him. If you're thinking of him as the honorable kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're thinking of him as like the 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 noble, honorable, almost uh, uh, Silverbolt type character um, that we almost saw more in season one, I feel like he was where he was, um, you know, he was all about loyalty and honor. Um, mm-hmm. versus if you're thinking of him as the kind of ruthless, uh, I mean, he's a good guy, but he's a ruthless killer. You know, he's the guy that brings Decepticon tactics to the Autobots. Um, yeah, hmm. yeah, I'm yeah that's, that's where I was. <laughs> what was I? Th- oh yeah. That's where I was thinking like a pterodactyl or a something that's something that's dinosaur or, mm-hmm. or a, or a bug, maybe like, yeah, I mean, maybe like a wasp. Like if we're, you know, if we're talking, if we're thinking Beast Wars characters or some kind of, yeah, what's a, like a, or like a dragonfly. Ooh, that something. could work. Yeah, like a some kind of dragonfly. Yeah, yeah. Something that's, um, that's like a bug, that's like a bug that would be horrifying if it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could work. Oh. All right. All right. So shall we move on to the next question? Yep. That was all the, uh, the uh, Twitter one, so it's on to what what Kendall got for us. All, All right. right, Kendall. So this is from the Slack that are um, the Star Wars card Slack people. Uh, so first question from Scott: uh, What should I do with my box of G1 Transformers in my garage? LOL. Um, put them on a shelf. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a couple of places that still will buy them, like you know, buy and give you money for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but the thing is, is that unless it's very specific collectible ones that people are looking for, you're not going to get much for, them. Yeah, <laughs> except that, except like some, some extra cash. Yeah. yeah. Especially. So I would say, I would say just because like, I've kind of, you know, we're, everybody tries to rebuy their childhood. It would, uh, so Scott is, he's a, a, a little bit older than us. He's kind of, he's kind of a, a generation older. Um, so he's when he's talking about G1 Transformers, he's legit mean Transformers. Yeah. Um, yep. So there might be first of all, there might be some value there, but not even not even like talking about value, like depending on their condition. I mean, if it's a bunch of junk, then it's a bunch of junk. But you could probably put it up on put it up on eBay just to just to put it out there into the world with somebody. That, um, that's, that's true. That's kind of where I mean, I bought I bought the McDonald's toys of all the Beast Machines characters <clears throat> back, you know, when we were doing Beast Machines. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's the version of of Tankor that I have. 
I don't have another Tankor, and Tankor <laughs> is one of my favorite characters. So, um, you know, I, I got some enjoyment out of it, and I've I've bought some. I I feel like doing this podcast is like exposing me as a, as like a as like an action figure guy, but I'm not an action figure guy. You're welcome, Hasbro. But but I have I have bought because of podcasts and because of rebuying my childhood, I've bought a number of transport, and then I've also bought. I collect Red Ranger. I've gone back oh, and like, yes. you know, bought random. You know, if I would, I would say it's you know, it's not like you're gonna get rich, but just to put it out there, for, give them to people that want them, especially if they're in decent condition and not, yeah, not missing too many parts. Next question: um, Laminated core is the most common type of transformer, but is it really the best, or should we be moving towards toroidal or even auto? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get enough years in any tech to learn how how the better answer to that so <laughs> i guess whichever way whichever has the less chance of electrocuting you yeah then whatever's going to provide people with the most stable power i uh, solar um <laughs> i don't know i don't know that's only like the second or third time somebody has done the the other kind of transformer yeah. question though. So, <laughs> you know, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> also related to that kind of transformer though, uh, how do you keep squirrels out of them? I mean, I'm assuming they know to stay away, sort of because of the buzzing sound. Also, probably seeing their brethren if they get too close. Yeah, I was gonna say because apparently this person says that a squirrel keeps frying itself. Uh, I. I would assume he means different squirrels. I would assume fry so themselves if it's the same squirrel that keeps frying itself, <laughs> trying to get into one near me every couple there, years. And I would try and catch that squirrel. And then he uses that... canola oil to to cool it, and then it smells delicious. <laughs> I was going to say that squirrel might be a transformer. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Um, and the last question: uh, Why is the second best? Vietnam song from 1988 being R.E.M.'s Orange Crush, which I did not realize that R.E.M.'s Orange Crush was a Vietnam song. I think I had heard something about that a long time ago. Um, huh. Hmm. But wait, what's the first? <laughs> what is the first? That That's a good question. Uh, I answered the question with a question. <laughs> Would it be painted black? I always associated painted black with the Vietnam War. But I think it was probably from uh, from a TV show that my mom watched as a kid, and it had "Painted Black" as the the theme song for it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll have to say, I'll have to say, with God on their side. I mean, that's not it's a it's a it's it's not necessarily specifically um, Vietnam anti Vietnam War, but it's uh, from that era, mm-hmm. and that that one, uh, you know, early Dylan has has uh, a lot of he introduced a lot of ideas in his, in his songwriting that was maybe edgy at the time and not so edgy anymore, but with God on their side uh, sticks with me. Um, the only problem with, with God on their side is there's like 45 verses. So I can't cover it. I know mm. that I could cut verses, but I, I probably have covered, it. but anyway, that <laughs> that's, that's maybe my favorite. Um, I think if there's a, another Dylan song, especially specific to Vietnam, I'm trying to think, trying to think like what songs he did, but it was probably something that, you know what? I'm going to consult Google. <laughs> oh, songs about Vietnam War. Uh, let's take a look here. Oh, Gimme Shelter was the Rolling Stones. That was one. Apparently, that was about the Vietnam War. 
Uh, let's see, top ten Vietnam War songs. Well, I googled. Uh, green, green. I googled Bob Dylan. Uh, uh, v- uh, Vietnam War, and the first thing that come on was uh, was um, was uh, uh, with God on their side. So, mm. how is Maggie's Farm a protest song? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, it's a protesting against the protesting. Uh, and the times they are changing is pretty great too. Times oh, they are changing. Yeah, that's a good one. Got on their side. Hard rain's gonna fall. Masters of war blowing in the wind. I oh, mean, geez, all all along the watchtower. That's all along the watchtower, isn't it? I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Hmm. I don't know. I I well, all in the watchtower is or, or is sort of post protest. I don't think it's actually. A, it's probably a song that like. Well, I mean, they played the Jimi Hendrix version. Cause it, cause they did just say a Vietnam War song. He didn't say, or a a Vietnam song. He said Mm -hmm. the second best Vietnam song. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about Vietnam. It just has to be like (laughs) people would associate it. And you definitely, yeah, you definitely associate, uh, you know, songs like Fortunate. Well, Fortunate Son is a. I don't know. I I know that people kind of have have backlashed against, or there's been a backlash against, uh, '60s music. Um, but if you, if you, uh, it's still pretty good sometimes mm-hmm. all along the watchtower is a pretty, it's so funny. Cause all along the watchtower, you know, it's Bob Dylan, song, but everybody, there's so many songs, <laughs> Yeah, you know, <sighs> wonder if I'll ever get to see Bob Dylan play live again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've seen him three times. Well, yeah. he sold his catalog, didn't he? I think he sold it for, I want to say, th- was it 3 million? No, I don't, I don't know. I hadn't heard that. His his new album was pretty good that that uh man that that one song he came out with um murder Murder's foul it's like 18 minutes long did you guys hear that mm. oh it's so good oh i was off by a few zeros yeah bob dylan sold uh the songwriting his songwriting catalog for a reported 300 million dollars to universal music publishing group yeah yeah that, that was that was just this past december oh i yeah i didn't hear that but that's interesting but still, yeah, I don't know. I I probably I don't know if I'll ever get to see him play live again. But <sighs> glad I saw him three times. Say. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. No more questions. Big finale. Uh, yeah, I think that was all the questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. Another series down. Another Netflix <laughs> series. It's not so bad when it's only six episodes. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> this is a great format to to only have to do. Like six weeks in a row. I mean, hopefully they hopefully they don't overdo it. But I mean, also we can just don't interest. Uh, but like, I re I really like working with you guys, and I really like not having it be a grind of every single week for all eternity. Yeah, I, I the more podcasts that I've done, and I mean it is a grind of every single week for all eternity. But it's like different podcasts. But the more podcasts I've done, the more I, I think that this style is the or this format is the right thing to do to be like we're going to do this many episodes or we're going to do a season or we're going to do whatever uh and then take a little break yep i think that's a good way of doing it but don't worry folks once we know what's going on with kingdom check out our twitter or facebook and we'll definitely have an update we will most likely be picking up like we did with this season where as soon as it's out we're going to try and start reviewing it again at least i assume that's probably what we'll do yeah yeah i think that's the right call but uh so yeah there you go it's been another episode it's been another week and it's been another season 
but we shall you shall hear from us soon we aren't gone for good but till next time for warren beast i have been greg i've been jordan and i'm kendall till all are one folks we'll see you next time we'll see you next time Bye. and yeah, jordan so... needs to plug something <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh uh on february 2nd uh kid cosmic came out uh the new cartoon by craig mccracken and as i've said many times before he's one of my favorite uh you know cartoon makers i first this is partially a you know a plug for you to go to watch it if you have netflix but also i'm probably going to restart what's mccracken to do like a mini 10 episode thing about it so hopefully within probably two to three months we'll be doing something with that that's so keep an eye out for that Glad to hear it, Jordan. So yeah, there you go, folks. You'll have something else to look forward to before the next season <laughs> of Transformers comes out. Well, I'll go ahead and since we're doing plugs, I guess I'll plug my thing. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so I did just release the first episode of Tell Me What You Had for Breakfast. I have recorded, I think, five episodes already um, that will be uh, maybe four episodes, um, four or five episodes. Uh, that I, I went into more detail on that, but, uh, I did interview, uh, Taylor Stewart, black lives matter, ex, uh, uh, activist and social worker. Um, and, uh, cra- it got, it got pretty intense, but also fun because you can have both. Uh, mm. and, uh, uh, I was, but yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good interview. I was able to edit out most of the drunken, uh, we were drunk during the, I'll admit it. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> but she still had some really some really great insights into um into sexism related to being a small business owner and then her experience of of activism and why she chose to uh do one person protests on her street rather than going to uh larger protests at least initially um lots of interesting stories and stuff uh awesome so listen to that (laughs) there you go so there you go folks you got some stuff to listen to before we come back so so once again warren peace up and greg have a good one folks we'll catch you next time